When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, November 28th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today we're talking to Motherboard reporter Daniel Oberhaus about a new claim by a Chinese researcher that he created the first gene-edited babies. A Chinese researcher named He Jinkui announced that he edited the DNA of two twin girls born earlier this month to make them naturally resistant to HIV and other diseases. If this research turns out to be legitimate, these babies will be the first in the world to be born with an edited genome. But the results haven't been published in a scientific journal, and many researchers are questioning the ethical and scientific validity of the claim. So I sat down with Motherboard reporter Daniel Oberhaus to learn more. So Daniel, a Chinese researcher just claimed that he has edited the DNA of two twin baby girls born earlier this month to make them naturally resistant to HIV and other diseases as well. And if his research turns out to be legitimate, these babies will be the first in the world to be born with an edited genome. So let's start with who is this guy and how are we learning about this information? Jinkui is a researcher who was formerly affiliated with Stanford and Rice in the United States and then was recruited back to China through a government-run program to basically uh, get talent to return back to China after studying abroad. So he had studied with a number of leading genetics researchers in the United States, one of whom he actually collaborated with to produce these two genetically modified twins. He's currently affiliated with a research institution in Shenzhen, and there were some documents on the university's website talking about this study that he was going to be doing involving human embryos and genetic modification. But it sounds like the university didn't know the full extent of what he was doing. And so after he revealed that he had done this with these human embryos, the university kind of backtracked on support. It looks like they're going to be kicking him off the faculty. And his research career is kind of unclear because he runs two genetics companies. So it's uncertain whether this is going to be used commercially or not. So his claims are not backed up in the kind of traditional academic ways. He's announced that he's done this, but is it true that it's kind of unclear whether or not those claims are legitimate? Yeah. So one of the strange things about this story is that he hadn't actually published any of his scientific results in an academic journal prior to announcing them at this genetic editing conference. One of the downsides of that is academic publishing requires research to undergo peer review. So this would have allowed other genetics researchers to look at his research, make sure it's legitimate. He's also not releasing the names of the families involved with the experiments out of uh, respect for their privacy, but that could 
potentially be another mechanism of covering up, you know, if something had gone wrong or if this didn't happen at all. You know, I think it's worth mentioning that China is notorious for academic fraud and actually leads the world in the number of false peer reviews and retracted papers. So this wouldn't necessarily be out of step with what we see happening in other scientific fields there. Yeah, I mean, this is a really big deal in the scientific community. It's never been done before, and it's incredibly controversial ethically. How has the scientific community responded to these claims, both in the U.S. and in China? I think it's fair to say that the response has mostly been negative at this point. There's been a little bit of support in terms of that this was probably something that was inevitable. However, the person who created CRISPR, which was the genetic modification tool used to supposedly create these twins, he has spoken out against it. And I think most leading genetic researchers are also pretty staunchly opposed to it. I think one thing that's kind of incredible about this story is whether or not it actually happened, you know, whether or not these two embryos were genetically modified to be naturally resistant to HIV, it does show the public that a scientist could be capable of using CRISPR in this way. Like the science is that far along. So we don't know necessarily that this particular researcher did this procedure or not, but we we know that it's possible and maybe inevitable at this point. Can you talk a little bit more about how far along CRISPR is and kind of what the future of it might look like? Yeah, I think that is also one of the most interesting things about this story is that it's completely plausible, which I think speaks volumes about the level of the you know technological sophistication of this tool, CRISPR. As far as where this could go from here, I think you know, CRISPR has proven to be an immensely valuable tool for treating genetic diseases in adults. And that's way less controversial because if I were to use CRISPR to treat a disease in an adult human, the genetic changes created by CRISPR in that case can't be passed on to the adult's offspring. However, if you modify the genetic material of an embryo, those genetic changes can now be passed on to that embryo's offspring and all the way down the line. And we really have no idea how that will affect later generations of humans. And in recent months, there's been a lot of research coming out showing that CRISPR is actually inducing a lot of unintended uh, modifications in DNA as well. So you might be trying to address one genetic problem at one place in someone's DNA, and it might induce changes that a lot of researchers weren't even noticing until pretty recently way down the genetic line. So, I mean, yeah, I think we are in for kind of an interesting next few years in terms of how this technology is going to be used because if this person had actually created genetically modified embryos, it might blow open the door for more sorts of experimentations. Like, well, if it's already been done, let's keep doing it. So one thing that's a possibility here is if these two twin embryos were genetically modified, that there might be unintended side effects because that has been seen in other experiments in adults And I think, you know, besides the sort of broader ethical reasons, that's one of the reasons why scientists aren't really in support of doing this yet is the science is there, but not entirely. You know, it's not fully safe yet. I'm curious, like, how will we know if this is real or not? Like, is there an investigation underway? Will we just have to wait and see how these two twin girls grow up and and then test them later on? Uh, I mean, I think that's a great question. And it's 
complicated because it's also happening in China, which is notorious for not exactly being open about what's going on within the country. So I think it's totally possible that we may never know unless he chooses to publish and I guess be more open about this and allow outside researchers to have access to these people. And I mean, I think it's worth saying that in the early 2000s, some American researchers that were linked to a cult had claimed to make the first human clone. Um, And they were also never allowed, like people were never allowed to have any access to the clone. They never published any data. And so technically we still don't know, even though it's kind of accepted that that never really happened, which could happen here as well. But then in that case, in your article, you talk about how even though that was kind of this unusual circumstance that we accept never happened, it did kind of incite both panic and then legislation in response that kind of put restrictions in place. So do you think that that's going to happen in response to this case where we may never know if this researcher's claims are true, but in response, we might see maybe an international guideline come up about how to use CRISPR? I think a lot of that is going to depend on whether or not there's hard confirmation that this actually happened because a lot of the laws in the United States and in Europe regarding genetic modification came about in the U.S. under the Clinton administration following the first cloning of Dolly the sheep. And so that kind of set the precedent for how we think about uh, modifying DNA. And so, for instance, in China, they're, they're very lenient when it comes to genetic testing in a lab, even though outright human cloning is not okay. So even when it comes to human embryos, it's fine to mess with it in a petri dish as long as you don't allow it to come to term. Whereas in the U.S., that's still a highly controversial issue due to uh, mostly pressure from the religious right. So I could see China moving ahead with this a lot faster than in the U.S. if that's what society decides to do. You can read Daniel's full article at motherboard.vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks so much for listening. And tune in again on Friday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.